The following episode contains graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Let's give it up for John and Dano! You Marylanders, why don't you just shove a soft shell crab in there? I mean, yeah, I, okay, that sounds good. I mean, I, we, we, oh, Marylanders will keep a snuff can of Old Bay just to do a line or two at work. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. <coughs> yep. Why don't you Woo! just get like a jar of Old Bay seasoning and stir vodka in it until it's liquid and then just drink it? Yeah, yeah, okay. That sounds like good shots. I mean, all right, let's get rolling. Dano, welcome back to whatever in Christ's name this show is called. (laughs) Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Lovely to see you and your patriotic hat that you're wearing. I started last time. You get to start this time unless you want to talk about something else before we dive in. Oh, I. My lord, yeah. I get to start this time. Wow. Oh. Sailing and boats and things of I that asked nature. you for a teaser at the end of the last show. You and did. I don't remember what you said, but it was I, something uh, like <laughs> reading poetry from the crow's nest or I don't know. No, no, no. It was it was actually something about uh fine art. And, oh, fine uh, art. At, well at poetry risk, is fine art. At at the risk of losing our one listener. Um <laughs> Mom, you there? Very briefly. <laughs> Uh, I was, uh, as you know, I was at the um, uh, the Biltmore recently, which is a really, really rad place, and you can Google that and look it up. I'm not going to go into all of that. Uh, and they had an exhibit there that was uh, based on the Impressionists of art. Uh, mm-hmm. If you know anything about art, that would be... Uh, uh, and it was based around Monet. Uh, everybody in the world knows the name Monet, right? Mm-hmm. So, but this covered the entire Impressionist movement. So kind of with Monet. So you're looking at Monet, Manet, Renoir, uh, Edgar Degas, Cezanne, Matisse, on and on and on, right? So the whole shebang of it. And, and the thing was, they, they didn't actually have these artist pieces there, but they set up this really beautiful exhibit of it. So there was a huge hall to walk through. So point being, anyone can have an art exhibit. Absolutely. You don't have to have art. This was actually mildly educational. So if you have even the slightest bit of culture or this 20 minutes of time to read, it was amazing. So you can walk in and walk around one room and read this entire timeline of impressionism Mm-hmm. get a general basis of the art and what it meant and what it meant for the time and how influential it was. And then after you left that room, you went into the main kind of banquet hall they had there. And in there, there was floor to ceiling screens surrounding the entire room and through the middle, there were circles of screens and on the floor were projected images. And it was about a 25 minute uh, film thing. So mm-hmm. they were projecting images and other, it was just a, a run through, you know, you've seen that crap at art exhibits and other things. So, so here comes these 
beautiful paintings and quotes from the artists and what Impressionism was and how fucking honestly punk it was. I mean, Impressionism was punk rock of its time. It really was. It was a middle finger to everyone there was. So to anyone who says art sucks, fuck you. This was punk rock. This was a big middle finger to classicism and all that. These these guys who have all these fancy names and everything else, they were giving the middle finger to the government. They were giving the middle finger to everybody else and saying, we're doing what the hell we want to do. Okay. We're going to paint a naked lady and put it on the wall. That's beside the point. We're in there. Here's this beautiful, we're in a massive room. I mean, it was done exceptionally well. Massive uh, projections coming up of the paintings, which is really cool because you really get to see what it is. God, I can talk on this for hours, but I will not because... You can't. We only have one hour. Yeah, and we'll we'll lose our negative one listener. Uh, (laughs) Mom, Mom, are you there? Well, I said art, so people leave. Uh, and uh, but anyway, so so here's the fun part. Uh, instead of getting able to watch the art and the quotes and everything come through and what it's supposed to be, I end up watching the people that come through. <laughs> God damn it! So you're yeah. watching the people who are watching, watching. You're watching yes. the people who are watching the art installation. Yes, because. Uh, God damn it. Is that an eye roll? They're what are annoying. you doing? Yes, it was a groan. <laughs> because I'm like, look, if you don't know what you're looking at, just come in and look at the pretty pictures and shut up. Right. If, if, if you do know what you're looking at, come in and look at the pretty pictures and shut up. Like, I, I don't need the commentary. I don't need... So right. we, sit on, we sit on this little, like, six-seat table in the middle, and this, this lady comes in wearing not much. <laughs> is she from a YouTube sailing channel? Could be. Could be. Although she should have been wearing much. Uh, she sat down and <clears throat> we're watching the pretty pictures go by. And then a quote would come up from one of these artists. And I would hear from behind me. Uh, I was like, what the fuck was that? I look around. Okay, whatever. And pictures go by. And then another mm-hmm. quote comes up and I go and I hear Mm. I'm like, who the fuck is having an orgasm behind me? What is Are this? those good sounds? Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. Questionable. So this, okay. It was it was somebody behind me who was clearly out of her element watching these things and a quote would come up from somebody, she would read it, clearly didn't understand what it meant, and made a noise to make everyone around her <laughs> think she knew what it meant. <laughs> ah, that's what that was. To where people would look at her and go, Oh, you didn't know what that meant. Hmm. And I'm like, you, you, I, I, and I, I have no idea why I wanted to talk about this, but I'm like, I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, I'm not an, I'm not an artist. I'm not an art critique. I've, I, but I do enjoy the art. I like the pictures. There's looking at pretty pictures is nice. Pretty pictures is good. Monet, Manet and Renoir and Degas did amazing sailboat pictures as well and oceanscapes that really capture you if you look at them and you go oh damn i kind of want to be there coast of france just beautiful beautiful uh, artists and and there's people here looking at them have no idea what's going on and they're just making noises and i'm like why are you here you need to to leave my presence 
I am. Well, that's how I feel a lot about a lot of people a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> and and can we can we preface all of this with all of all of I'm gonna I'm gonna claim my own. You can claim it if you want the hypocrisy because I mean we're clearly here just to talk shit and <laughs> oh, just to I make noise. About am things. the flag bearer of the hypocrite parade? Don't you worry. You say yeah. I'm not old enough, but I, we are curmudgeons, I, so I'm I going to claim it. I don't think you're old enough yet. You okay, young carry, punk, on, e carry on. Even though you are a nurse, yeah, I don't. I don't hear you <laughs> arguing with me a lot. Let's tie this in <laughs> as Dano chugs his seltzerita. It's a terrible name. Corona should ask. Well, Corona will never ask me anything, but it's a good-looking bloody hypocrisy art. The ocean sailing. How's that all tie into what we're talking about? Humility. Humility. So there's a big thing I see when I'm out there in uh, what we generically call the cruising community, right? That being people on boats of any sort who are not in a home port, not in a home marina, right? Mm -hmm. They are basically somewhat underway, if you will, akin to it's, it's a road trip, but it's on the water. And, and if you're doing that, you're like, well, you know, we started out in so-and-so, now we're here, we're heading towards, and we call you cruisers. Um, and I think that this would overlap with a, a bit of what you see in that community, right? I, I think mostly the cruising community, perhaps unlike the Biltmore community, is pretty <laughs> full of humility. Um, there's a lot of people in the sailing community who just want to, um, that's not even the right way to put it, who when, when the situation arises will help the people around them with no goal in mind other than giving help. It's not so they can look more knowledgeable than the people they're helping. No it's question. not so they can feel superior. You see vulnerable people in need of help in your community and you help them in the sailing world, mostly because we all have this little nagging fear that it's about to be our turn to get shat upon by the sailing universe and you damn well hope the people around you come to your aid when it's your turn. No so I think humility you. has a lot to do with it, but you also therefore really notice the absence of humility when those people come in without it in the sailing world. Because mm -hmm. again, perhaps unlike the Biltmore world, if you come into an anchorage and drop the hook and don't have that humility and don't have that sense of place within the community and that sense of you being just one more pixel in, in the picture that is the greater whole, you stand out like a really, really sore thumb. Um, I've I've been around a whole lot of people in the boating world where I'm pretty sure we wouldn't agree on most social issues, political issues, on a whole lot of issues. Maybe music, maybe food, maybe scotch. I don't know. That we just I, I've I've been around people where I'm like, okay, our Venn diagrams barely touch, much less. <laughs> Overlap. Two separate circles. Yeah, it's two circles. <laughs> oh no! If you zoom in close enough, this pixel right here—we both have boats. Um, <laughs> we like whiskey. <laughs> I'm good with those people. All right. You kind of you get free pass if you like. Well, <clears throat> um, <laughs> but the people who come in in that community who who don't have that humility stand out, right? Mm -hmm. Those people who are 
faking it till they make it on the boat. Uh, the people who don't want to be a part. I'm, I'm a bit of a hermit. I always tell people when I teach in Annapolis and I talk about anchoring and I talk about reading charts and how you don't actually have to anchor over the anchor icon that's on the right. chart. Right. There's actually an entire, an it's entire an anchorage, anchorage right. available to you. This is letting you know that perhaps someone who's been there before you or who charted this for you decided, hey, this is a viable area in which to anchor. It does not mean you need to drop, drop your anchor on the anchor icon. And I tell, I tell people in, at, at Cruiser's U when I, when I teach, I'm like, you pull into an anchorage, you're going to see a whole cluster of boats over here, and then you're going to see John over here, because that's what I do. Because I like my space. Read a chart. I'm not. You'll never ever find me at the the sundowner mixer on the beach. You know the people who are sitting in the water in their swimsuits, right. watching the sun go down, enjoying beverage together. I do that with my friends. I, for whatever reason, just well, the way sure. I'm wired, I I have no desire to be a but part. You- you want to find the locals that have aluminum foil with some random pig meat in it roasting? Yes. I, yeah, I'm totally there. I yeah. totally get it. Yeah, and and I feel like that that the the people who come so the point of that was we can be different. We can want different things from it. We can process an anchorage differently. We can process sailing differently. You like a catamaran, I like my monohull, you want to be on a motor yacht, yada yada yada. Um, same songs that I sing all the time, but none of that is the same as coming in devoid of that humility mm-hmm. of just having your eyes open and going, this is cool. I'm having fun. I'm doing it my way. I'm not doing it your way. You might not like my way, but I'm here. I'm good with my way. I'm going to stay out of your way while I'm doing this my way. And you know, if I have trouble, I hope you help. If you have trouble, I'll come help. So you can be different. And, and not bring in that that weird chi from from the absence of humility that you witnessed at the there's, Biltmore. There, there's also a little something to be said for the camaraderie. And, you know, you and I, we know each other. We're able to go into a place and just walk up to people and talk to them. As much as you claim you're a hermit or whatever, you have the gift of the gab. I'm a misanthrope. No, I'm not really a hermit. That's but anyway. fair. That's fair. <laughs> But we can walk into a bar and we can sit down wherever we want and inevitably make a friend. Strike up a conversation. Right. So there's, and there's, there's a thing to be said for the sailboat that comes into the harbor that has a deckhand and it backs into the slip and they whip their lines around the cleat and don't need any help. Right. And they just zip down. Guess what? not a damn person in the marine is going to talk to them but when you come in and you damn near crash the dock and you drop drop mike i turned away from the microphone i just (laughs) want you to know that and you drop your fender in the water and you're fumbling with a line (laughs) and the people that are having a beer right there at the copacabana put their drink down and it's like this is a bloke that needs our help (laughs) my god does he need our help i gotta tell you a story They're going to be so your friends. I was, uh, I was not these people's friends uh, before, during, or after. Um, I'm the one that went away. I, I walked away from this with, with my head in my hands going, <laughs> wow, why in the fuck do these people own a boat? Is that in West Palm? 
If anyone's ever cruised through West Palm, I was at the uh, the North Dock in West Palm Beach, Florida. And why in God's name I was on the North Dock, I don't know, because I'm never on the North Dock because the North Dock sucks. That's a story that for another day. It's okay. There's two docks, one's south, one's north. Other than that, they're parallel and they're at the same town. But the North Block, the, the North Dock is the one that gets all the, the, the big boat. It's just, it's the one that all the, the people in town so come down to like walk. It's like South and, Beach in Miami. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, West Palm style. All right, <laughs> ghetto South Beach. Um, but I'm I'm on, I'm standing on. I have no idea if my boat was on the North Dock or not. Sometimes I used to go to the North Dock to water when there was no water on South Dock. None of this matters. I was on the North Dock, like literally standing on the door, North Dock. I don't mean my boat docked on. I was with my friend Keith. How's it going, Keith? And we're there, and this. Morgan Out Island 41 comes zipping in, being powered by an outboard. Thank you. Uh, for anyone who is listening and not watching, Dan just had a seizure on camera. <laughs> so this this big, and because these are, these boats, boats are pigs. Yeah, they're Huge. big, they're heavy. Center they're console, just, big monsters. Yeah. They're it's tubby. A, Tubby. Tubby's the word. She's big boned. Uh, This boat comes in. I don't know how many horsepower this outboard was. She got a fat ass. The guy, guy, Dano taking it right back to the beginnings again. Um, The guy's got to like reach back to run the outboard, right? There's no controls that go to the outboard. And he he comes in and they're coming in too 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 hot on the Yamaha I mean, 9.9 all right as as i was taught by my <laughs> dear friend chip he said never never dock faster than the speed at which you're willing to hit things mm-hmm. okay we can argue about steerage yada 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 but in in general it's it's not a bad rule um or or as as my friend brendan now says he says when you go slow bad things happen slowly I'm like, bad things happening slowly is better than bad things happening fast. So this boat comes ripping it. They got to be doing five, six knots on this big old outboard. And they're coming in. They want to tie off on the dock. And we're there because there's good karma in catching a dock line from someone. I always offer. Most of us always offer. Um, I'm not ever offended if someone goes, you know, no thanks. I'm good. If you give me the, the fuck you, I know how to dock. I don't need your help. Look. We're not friends because I'm not there to help you because I think you're a moron. I'm well, there I'm to help at, you because more hands are better than fewer hands. That's I, all. I, if you say that, I am going to sit and watch because you're going to break some shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's and they come way too hot. And we're screaming at them. So they loop out and they do another pass. It's like a, this is like a, like a Hellcat trying to land on a carrier and they can't get it the first <laughs> time because the seas are too rough. So they're coming in again. They come in a second time, still way too hot. And we're screaming at him, and the guy's reaching down. We think he's trying to like either stick this thing in neutral, which he really should be backing down Just on it. He's, yeah. I mean, he really needs more than idle. He needs reverse thrust to, to bring this puppy to a stop. And he like hits the wrong switch. It's just all fucking ghetto as could be. Probably and he hits the, the wrong thing and guns it. And the boat's <laughs> like picks up. And my friend Keith, God love him. This is how close they were to the dock. He reaches out 
grabs a stern line off the back of the boat while it's zipping by at like five or six knots and just cleats the mother clucker off. And the boat goes, and bashes into the dock and stops. It's perfect. That's beautiful. Um, Anyway. So video of that so badly. (laughs) My God. It's, it's in my head someday. Don't worry. I've been vaccinated. So, um, Bill Gates probably has access to the video through the ship. So I'll I'll down I'll Wait. down Uh oh. Dano's Dano's redlining the audio. Damn it, Wait. Dano. So I, my I apologies mean, both I both mean, to my my partner Mike McDowell who has to uh, who has to uh, uh, edit this shit. I'm sorry. And, I'm sorry. And to Mike. everyone listening. I'm sorry for that. So um we we don't do politics because okay you you and i agree that we want the same outcomes but we may disagree on how to get there but we don't sure. discuss it because right it's it's all I bullshit don't wanna, i don't want to know so you're like a bleeding heart liberal and i'm like an ultra conservative and here you are <laughs> that, was, that was an amazing statement that yeah, just made, well, that made yeah. me happy. I just wish you could see the video. Keith, I'll get Keith to tell you the story sometime. It'll probably take three hours. Oh. Anyway, these people lacked humility. My friend Chris Prout and I one yep. time, also in West Palm, rescued a runaway Erickson. Um, it's like 31. What is it? Like a 323 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, well, it's, that's you know, Pearson. I've, a 323 is a Pearson. It's not a 323. It was an Erickson. But a little whatever they're... they're three-digit number was to imply that this boat's 31 or so. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the sailboat make and model guru. Sorry, wrong show. They sing. These kids had come in. The boat was called Ramble On. They anchored in West Palm. They were ashore within an hour. No fucking attention to the boat. They're gone. They're doing their thing, staying in a condo for a week. It's that typical, sorry, I'm brushing with broad strokes, but we all know this boat, and it's not because they're millennials. In... I, half the people I know and love are millennials, but this was that boat that if you sail, you know this boat where they cruise in and it's four of them. And clearly one of them had the idea, let's buy a boat and we'll have no. this great alternate lifestyle. And, you know, a couple so, of crystals and a so, nose piercing so, later and in they come. So they watched YouTube. <laughs> they, could, they, might, they might well have known how to sail. I, I really mean this. I don't know. But knowing how to sail is part of the equation, sure. But if you know how to sail, it means you're sailing to somewhere. When you get to that somewhere, you have to stop sailing and anchor your goddamn boat. And you might be... So there's probably... Here you go. There's probably a whole lot of racers out there who have spent decades lake racing or maybe even bay racing who are... Many multiples the sailor I will ever achieve being who might not know how to dock or anchor. I have no idea how to stow a boat. Okay, because they are not the same thing, right? right? Being a good chef doesn't mean you're a good butcher. Right on the fly, I made that up. You're in, you're in the same consumption curve, but you've got different skill sets that are applicable at different elements of that arc. That was too I'm breaking it down for you, Dano. <laughs> So um, this boat, while these kids are ashore for two weeks, 
getting high in grandma's condo, their boat goes adrift. Imagine that with a name like Ramble on, the boat didn't stay where it was supposed to. I'm a rambling man. uh, This boat goes adrift and is drifting down towards the Royal Park Bridge in West Palm Beach. And I was sitting in my boat and I saw this boat go by and I said, am I dragging? And I thought, oh, no, I'm not dragging. They're dragging. (laughs) So I called my friend Chris. Uh, I don't remember if it was on the phone or if it was on the VHF. Whatever. Yeah, it makes no difference. It does. I'm like, ramble on's cut loose. Pruitt, I love you. So Pruitt says, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) He says, I am sick and goddamn tired of babysitting every boat for every loser that comes in here that doesn't know how to anchor their boat. It's not my problem. I'm tired. I work too much. Going to bed. Click. Okay. About two minutes later, my phone rings, and he goes, you want to come pick me up in your dinghy, or you want me to come by and pick you up in my dinghy? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes! Adventure is afoot. So I row over. I row over. I pick up Chris. He jumps in, because Chris can't say no to adventure. Uh, and, And I am the bellows to the adventure flame, is what we do. So... Chris hops in the dinghy. We row down to uh, Ramble On, who is currently thumping up against the the rocks just north of the bridge. I call the bridge from my handheld, where God love you, Royal Park. This guy always threw me. I love language and I love accents. I could never figure this guy out. Closest I could get is that he's Irish and has maybe had a couple of seizures. I'm not sure. But I call him on the radio. I go. I go, no, definitely not South African. I can peg South African. Um, I called it the bridge on the radio, and I knew all these guys because I'd been there for months. And my and my TV is listening to Channel 9 in Florida and listening to the bridge traffic. That's right. my entertainment. If I'm not reading that or drinking, <laughs> I'm listening to bridge traffic because you it is boundless, so free. I inter- <laughs> <laughs> can't believe I'm single. Um, <laughs> and uh, I call the bridge. And I'm like, eh, this is John from Ave Del Mar. I just wanted to let you know there's a you know 31 foot sailboat that's adrift that is uh drifting right towards your spans and it's definitely going to hit and the guy says and what exactly do you want me to do about it Mm. (laughs) and i was like okay all right i thought i was being nice he's not in the club we'll let that go so we um there's a point to the story. We row down, get to the boat, we tie off Margo, my dinghy, to the side of this little dark blue Ericsson. Pretty little boat. I don't like all Ericssons. This is a pretty little boat. We hop on. Chris and I, like we'd been training for this, we just scat. We know what to do, right? We're checking. Sails. We're checking the companion weight. Can we get in? Is there an engine key? Yada, yada, yada. Right, 30 seconds check, and we're back in the cockpit. And Pruitt's like, Okay, companionway is open. There's no key in the engine panel. I didn't see one anywhere. I'm like, you know, the jib this, we can that, la da da da. Within literally, hit the cough button, Dano. I don't have a cough button. God damn it. Sorry. Um, within a minute, I think honestly, without, a, a, without exaggeration, within a minute, we're like, okay, the breeze is coming from here. Here we are. Let's let that jib sail. out. I think yeah. we'll fall right off. Let's just sail over to the dock and tie it down. So it was this also marked contrast in energy as we attempt to wrap up this first of two segments of today's show, where all this electric excitement and rush and row and Pruitt being pissed off that these 
idiots come into the anchorage and leave their boats and ignore them and go away, yada, yada. Um, contrasted by the fact that like I took the helm, Pruitt went forward, we got the jib unfurled, I sheeted it out, and then all of a sudden it's, it's 11.45 at night, there's just this like black sky full of sparkling stars, there's no, there's no sound, the boat drifts off the little mangrove island, and we're out into the channel, and we're sailing like it's a Sunday afternoon drive for tea, and we drift up, and we tack, and actually I guess it would have been a jibe, and we come around and we sail down to the south dock, and we furl the jib, and she drifts in at like a knot and a half, two knots, and settles down on the south dock like a cotton ball, and Pruitt steps to the dock like we had practiced this 10,000 times. So and the, the, full, the full Jack Sparrow stepping the off full, the sinking. Correct, yes, oh, not God, Captain yes. Ron, Jack Sparrow. Hell steps yeah. right off, cleats it off like he's tying a kitten up with yarn, and the boat just sits there, and we go, okay, job well done. We get in my dinghy, we go back to my boat, we shockingly celebrate with a whiskey. Uh, no. I, I, I might have grabbed my phone, and played Ramble On a couple of times in That's salute fair. to what we had done. It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I'm a Zeppelin fan. Sorry. I know they stole everybody's music. They still did a damn good job of it. Um, at least a different, oh, not this podcast, God, Dano. That, that's a different podcast. We can go on that for a long time. Um, and then I row Pruitt back home and life goes on. Two or three days later, I'm looking at the South Dock and the guys who own this boat... I'm so jealous of your Bloody Mary. The guys who own this boat, the guys, I say it's two, two young men, two young <laughs> ladies, are standing on the dock, staring at their boat, scratching their heads, looking around. How'd I get here? Pissed. Man. They're pissed. And I guess I can understand pissed. If I came back to my boat, my boat not only wasn't where I left my boat, but clearly had been piloted by someone else to a place it wasn't supposed to be, I might well be pissed too, but I know how to anchor. So I row over there, not sure if I'm going to get a hero's welcome or if I'm going to get bludgeoned, and uh, I hopped out to talk to these kids. I'm like, yeah, your boat was drifting down into the bridge. And they're like, what? I'm like, mm. you know, you come down here. We're in tidal waters. The current's pretty stiff. You're on a fucking Danforth. Danforths don't re they are great in certain conditions. It's Tidal's it. really... Yeah, and the sand you know, the like I'll, here, I'll use my fortress in grass if I don't have to worry about swinging with tides. Right, it'll cut through. Oh, really, now that I have a rock, I probably won't. But I have before when I was when I was on a CQR, I would sometimes use my fortress in grass because it would cut into the grass better. But they don't like to flip when you turn 180 degrees we with the tide. We can talk about that with, later because I have a massive yeah. CQR on my cabling, next, so. next, next, next show. Down. Make a make a note. Um, we had, that's it. Next show, we'll talk about anchoring and CQR and the CQR that took my boat around the world. Anyway, I was like, uh. they, they, their energy was combative when I got there. And that's the point that ties into you and the Biltmore. Uh, an absolute absence of humility. Although I will give them credit, they quickly backed down from that. Um, I might run Want out to of room explain for this, this video situation? recording. And they were a little humble. I was like, you know, if you're going to leave it, and you're not going to be on it. You either got to come check it every day. Or you need to get a better anchor. I don't know if you back down on it. This is not a bad anchorage for holding. But anyway, that's that's not the way you do it. So that's a part of that humility, of course, right? 
next time if I'm there, you know, and I get off the dig and I'm standing behind you and I do the David Caruso glasses. <laughs> they're gonna think twice about it. This is this is a new theme for you, you and your glasses. I love my glasses. I love oh. my sunglasses. What so what brand are your sunglasses? Ray Bans. Oh Ray oh, don't give me that look. That Ray Bans how could you even ask a Ray Bans right. question? No, I'm Sorry. a I'm a Ray Ban junkie. Uh, I'm a I'm a Costa guy. I actually I'm I'm getting into those because they fit my fat head. I have a massive oh, head, and I, uh, Costa make one that off the shelf just fit properly. Oh, yeah. Make but sure get, if you get them, make sure you get the ones that have metal hinges. Some of them have plastic hinges. We with okay. large heads, the ones with plastic hinges will eventually break. Sorry, not an anti Costa comment. I love you, Costa. That is yeah. <clears throat> all I wear. <laughs> um, have been for years. They're the best. I always tell people if my eyes could, <laughs> if my eyes could sigh, my eyes would sigh when I put a pair of Costas on. And and I feel that way with mine. I and and this new pair I just got were our prescription, and I have mm -hmm. a very light prescription. <clears throat> it's for seeing distance, so it's especially great for when you're sailing. But I went into the local place that I get my glasses. And they have a limited selection. So oftentimes they do not have the wide variety that Ray-Ban or Costa has to offer. Mm -hmm. However, I picked a pair up and put them on. And when you put them on and the angels start singing, mm. like there's there, there's a thing yeah. with glasses and sunglasses. Yep. There is. <laughs> there if, is. If you're yeah. not there, you don't know it. Yep. It, but... If, if you're a sailor, if you're out on the water all the time, or if you wear glasses, you know, when you I pick up the right frames and you put them on your head and they fit properly and they just, they sit on your nose right, they sit on your ears right. And, and the lenses just, are good. Yes. And they just hug and everything. They, they shouldn't be comfortable to wear. It should actually feel good to put them on. Yeah. I'll, like there's actually I'll, an I'll improvement. I and, uh, will... and I did that with this last pair. And that's why you got the David Caruso uh, thing <laughs> on Instagram uh, recently. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did see you doing that on Instagram. Um, by the way, update before we switch over to segment two. See? I am still being followed by Acorn to Arabella. Oh, fabulous. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, I, oh, there's another wait, one. There's this, these German I kids. I them or not. These can four good-looking blonde German kids who are on a boat. They—they're either rich, or they've just somehow found the pixie dust, well, and they're like cruising around. This is not Acorn to Arabella. I've switched now. This is another one with like Germans uh, have found the magic, man. It's also a different show. Anyway, these kids are all <laughs> over the place. They're like in Morocco having dinner, and they're in the Ibiza. Excuse me, how do we pronounce it? Ibiza. Um, Ibiza. Clubbing, and they're doing this, and they're all pretty, and they're surfing, and then this and that. And somehow, somehow these guys are following good old sailing dot Ave. By the way, it's Ave. In case, for those of you who only know me from Instagram, <clears throat> it's not Av. It's Ave Del Mar. It's Ave Del Mar, bird of the sea. Ave, avionics, aviation, flight. Anyway, um, those 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 poor clueless kids are still following me too. I, I can only think maybe it's because I occasionally speak German with them, so they take pity on me. But 
Someday they're going to ditch me, and then I'm going to talk bad about them, and I'm going to ditch them too, because that's what I do. I'm a, better, I'm a better Sicilian than my ex-wife, who was actually Sicilian. Okay. <laughs> Segment two is, right. do you remember? Break Why are you commercial? pointing at me? Go pee? Is that what it is? No, we're in segment two. Oh. There's no pee break. Oh, sorry. There's no crying in baseball. But I need more Bloody Mary. Oh, okay. All right. Dano needs more Bloody Mary. So um, we're going to pause now for a few words from our sponsors. Rape <laughs> and Costa Del Mar. And uh, Corona Seltzerita, which is a horrible name. Please, Old Bay. And Old Bay. We're also sponsored by the state of Maryland, by the state of confusion, by misanthropes are us. When I come back, I'm going to have 12 cans of Old Bay around me. <laughs> well, if you're not careful, someone's going to mail you 12 cans of Corona Seltzerita. I'll take it. Okay. We're going to pause this. We'll be back in a minute. Be right back. Don't stop recording. Okay. Welcome back. Let's talk about in mass furling. But what are we supposed to make note of for next show? Anchoring. Anchoring. Yes. Yes. Okay. I want to. I want. I want. Anchoring. Some. So. It's no, we're not talking about anchoring now. Right, but just a note for the future. It's going to be fun. Like you can, you can treat me like I've, I've not cruised my own boat through the Caribbean, and I plan to do so in the next couple of years. So. Sure. Just you can treat me that way. Well, That'd we. I know this is a thing also that comes up a lot in Annapolis, and I really mean this sincerely, because I'm new. I'm a late in life sailor. I did not grow up sailing. I didn't go to sail camp. I, my answer to this to those people of whom I am, I'm not actually jealous, but you know what I mean. Um, yes, you are. I I I, <laughs> <laughs> I envy those people who grew up sailing, but I was doing other things. You know, I could, I could, uh, I could pitch camp. You know, at the age of four, I could ski before I was five. I could literally drive a stick shift through the mud or through a foot of snow before I was ten. Um, we had, yeah. diff- you know, I was in a different world. Um, That's not sailing. And, and no, it's not. And so sailing, sailing was was very late in life for me. I never, I never sailed till I was pushing fifty, um, and really. My first sailing, quote-unquote, stint was motoring down the ICW with my friends who were fantastic teachers and fantastic mentors. But did I really learn how to sail? No. So I had to go self-teach. We're all somewhere. We are all somewhere on the curve. Yeah. And no matter where you are on the curve, there's somebody farther along the curve (laughs) and there's somebody behind you on the curve. We can call it the spectrum. We're all on the spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) You speak for yourself, pal. Let's talk about in mass yes furling all right this is this is all also known as john's hate segment right so i've i like i uh when i bought my catalina 30 i was looking at a beautiful sea sprite 30 down in myrtle beach and it had in mass furling i didn't necessarily count it as a plus or minus but maybe maybe counted the benefits of it uh from single handing okay sure uh, you know from yeah. being able to reef i can reef down to whatever scrap i want the same as i can with well, a roller furling for sure. sale so sure that's the entirety i that i know about ms furling so what aside from and and i'll throw the obvious point out there 
the sail shape's gonna suck because there's no battens. And my sail doesn't have battens either. But a fair point. Here's my issue. Um, and this is, believe it or not, not a pro or anti in-mast furling statement. But this, this is what I've come to believe. Um, I am anti in-mast furling if your aspirations are long distance blue water sailing. Okay. For reasons that we will get to. I do not think, like, I like, I own a car again. Thank you. It's been many years. <laughs> as, as, as Dano spits out his Bloody Mary. As a matter of fact, I think the last time I actually owned a car. That's a V-dub, right? It That's is. Cool it was probably almost, almost a decade ago. Because when I was living in D.C. and uh, managing the bar, I rode my bicycle and I had two motorcycles. And I did not have a car. We, um, I did in the, in the huh? just briefly. What do you, what do you have now? It's a, it's like a golf, right? I have a, a 2010 VW Golf. Yeah, it's awesome. PZEV, which I never even knew was a thing. Uh, it's it's kind of GTI looking. It's a five cylinder. It's also the first five cylinder car I've ever owned. But this is my point. My car is a stick shift. Yeah. My car is a stick shift because I like shifting. Yes. I like German cars that are fun to drive. Yes. I like cars that'll go quick and corner well. And I like to shift. It feels weird and weirdly awkward and weirdly wrong to me to be in a car where you just turn the go. key or push the button and you like, oh, let's put it in forward. And you push the pedal. I don't think that automatic transmissions are wrong. I also happen, perhaps, um, God, this is a dangerous way to go. I, I already said I love, I love German cars. I used to own a BMW. Do I love Porsches? Yes. Yes, I admit I do. Okay. Which I know makes me questionable. But you couldn't tell me that a Porsche is not fun to drive. Porsche has stopped offering manual transmissions. It's all paddle. So there's a level of performance where I can look at Porsche and go, Porsche, I forgive you. You make some of the best performance cars on the planet. And your German engineers, who are smarter than me, looked at this equation and said, the car will drive better, go faster, and perform better if we take your left foot and that clutch out of the equation and we're going to remove this from your list of options. Guess but what? I'm driving a Golf. I don't need paddle shift. It's not what it's about. Yeah. Well, in a Porsche, it might be. No, it's not. <laughs> not for most. But I think, okay, how about this? To a Porsche engineer, it is. That's fine. I'll take the car a, might not be. You know be, what? I'll, t I'll but, take a 10-year-old Boxster six-speed. Over a 911 automatic all day long yeah. because I get to drive it and I get to shift gears. Yeah, and because well, you it's still get more to you still fun. get to shift if you have paddle, no. but you don't get to work the clutch. No, 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 no. That's okay, all right. Let's get back. We're in in mass furling. Yep. This, yep. So my 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 analogy here is that I, I get to decide what I like and what's good for me and applicable for me, and, and that's fine. And I don't think everyone else has to do what I do. What is also true, I think, is mm, uh, production sailboat manufacturers continue the dumbing down of sailboats 
If there were an effective metaphoric way to produce a sailboat that effectively you could just push in, put in forward and go, like where you don't even trim your own fucking sails anymore, they would make it. And it might not be wrong to give a weekend base. I'm not... Nobody should misinterpret this to think that John is anti-weekend base sailor. I'm pro. I would have given my left leg to sail on the weekends on a little anything growing up. My point is not so much what people are choosing to do and to have on their boats and more that the manufacturers continue, I think, the prescribed dumbing down of sailing to the point where you might not have to add, you could go out tomorrow and buy a fucking Bayliner or a Sea Ray, not get a license, because you don't need to in most places, stick the right. key in, throw the thing in forward and go like hell, run over a few people, let your kid fall off the bow and get crunched up by the propeller and come That's home right. and go, woo, that was fun. Right, welcome to Florida. Um, <laughs> And I don't know that sailboats really need to follow on, on this arc of of dummy down. I don't know that everyone needs to go to the mast to um, to to put a reef in a main like no, I do. But you can um, just run a line. I mean, it's not hard, right? And so here's and here's my issue. So I obviously, clearly, in my fifty four, fifty five. Almost fifty-six-year-old sailboat, Avi Damar. I clearly don't have in-mast furling. Um, I'm as old and ghetto as they come, uh, and just, all of that is is done at the mast, and it does teach you good skills, right? So everyone who's older loves to think that the younger ones should have to do shit the hard way, so they learn skills. And sometimes I think that's true, and sometimes I think it's horseshit. The danger to me is watching people on boats. Boats are hard to control. You cannot pull over onto the shoulder and hit the emergency brake and catch your breath and go, whew, that was close. What did I? No, you're, you're adrift. You have no control unless you just surround your boat with fenders. I mean, there's not a. You, I'm not yeah. saying there's not things you can do, you but it is brakes. not. You can't yeah, it's just, not yeah. the same world. Bugs Bunny gets air brakes. Nobody on a boat gets water brakes. It's not how it works. <laughs> it's a classic episode. Thank you for beautiful, laughing. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and this is my issue. So the boats that I've delivered that have had in-mast furling, which I don't need both hands to count, but it's, it's a few. Every, or boats that I've just simply sailed on, friends' boats that have in-mast furling, always, always have an issue. You've got, like, how much tension do you put on the outhaul when you furl? Like, you, oh, you don't want to put too much tension because if it furls too tight, it'll start to candy cane and this will do and it'll roll over itself or the seam will that or the, the uh, um, and, you know, but you can't just let it be loosey-goosey and let it furl or it gets sloppy and then it's going to bind and then it'll back roll. And I, I literally, if I want to depower and my main is up, I go forward and I undo the halyard and I can let go of it and my sail goes whoop down on the deck. That's it. I might have to flake it. It might be out of control. I might be stressed out because I got to get back to the cockpit and I don't want my now completely depowered sail flogging around on the deck. None of this is lethal. 
right? Yes. I have been on boats where the main could not come at. I'm not talking about old, misused, under-maintained boats. I'm talking no, about a, new a, a new 20, model. 2018 Geno or... Yeah. Yeah. This is, ex you nailed it. That's yeah. the, the, exactly the world I'm speaking of. And, and there's always issues. And then you talk to uh, the, the people who work in that world who manufacture and or install these. And they're like, well, you gotta, you gotta this, you gotta that. I'm really happy for fuel injection. I'm happy I can go get in my 2010 VW Golf. <laughs> and all I have to do is push in the clutch and turn, turn the, the key. key and it goes vroom, right? Because... You're a little younger than I am. You know, spring chicken. I hate to be the one to break it to you. That beard's not all black anymore, Dano. It's not. Um, growing up, if you borrowed a friend's car, it came like with a novel of instructions. So, like, no, well, that, that, if you I, refuel, my first car was that way. I had the same. If, I, if you refuel and it's over ninety degrees. Like you got to leave the fuel cap off for five minutes, then put it back on. Do not do not touch the accelerator before you go to start it, or it'll flood. But if it's below sixty, you got to pump the accelerator three right. times and hold it all the way to the floor. And you're like taking notes. Here's like the if the door lever. doesn't open, hit it with your shoulder and then roll the window down. Like it. Don't forget. I, don't forget sacrificing the live chicken. For <laughs> yes. A snow day. Right. Correct. And and all those. We've made improvements on all of those. I'm really glad that I don't have to go to the front grill and crank a crank to start my car. I get it. You know, electronically controlled fuel injection is better than a carburetor. I get it. Not all improvements are improvements. And I think this tendency that we have to dumb down and make available new production sailing boats to masses who have no desire to learn how to sail. I came in late, uneducated, untrained, and humble, and ready at 50 or 51 or whatever I was to go out there and say, this much I can do, because I'm not an idiot. How do I push, how do I push every time 10% past my comfort zone so I'm not a risk or a danger to other people, but my skill set grows. And I've been doing this for the last decade. This is what I've done. How do I learn and grow? How do I do more, right? My conversation in my head now is, when do I cross an ocean? Am I gonna cross an ocean with someone? Where am I gonna go? What's the point to it? That in the beginning was, can I figure out how to actually sail this boat with the main? That's where I started. How do I point this thing into the wind, get the main up, right. get underway? And, and it was hard. And the more we dumb it down, the less people are actually learning how to do this, which also leaves them incapable of dealing with it when it doesn't work right, because it might not furl. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you the same speech I give to people who drive cars now. And I've been fixing cars since I was nine years old. And I'm in my 40s. So I was around with carburetors and all the mechanical stuff. And this goes for anything. This goes for washers and dryers. This goes for your washing machine. This goes for anything. The more shit they put on your car, the more likely it is to break. And... My wife says, well, look at all the cool features this new car has. And I said, that's great, but it's a circuit board. Mm. And I can't fix that on the side of the road. 
the old boats, the old aging fleet we have, the 60s and 70s, untireable, unsinkable fiberglass fleet we have is still going today mm -hmm. because it was completely overbuilt because they didn't know what they were building at the time, how strong fiberglass was. And concur. they have mechanical diesels on them. Mm -hmm. And they have electric, just straight electric gauges on them and mechanical mm -hmm. <coughs> other things. You can, you can put electronics on them. That's fine and, and right. good. But the base model is mechanical. Mm -hmm. And when something fails, you can take a part off and put a part <coughs> on and make it work again. It's KISS principle, baby. Your diesel, my diesel, they all work that way. The newer boats something fails and and you have to put it in the shop but yeah. in the middle of the atlantic that doesn't work very well <laughs> i yes i agree 100 percent. i have a couple of thoughts i'm gonna forget them i have three no, number one when i opened the hood of my golf i literally closed the hood. nothing <laughs> i'm like you, i don't know nothing there's no radiator cap. Right. There's no exhaust. I mean, I know there's an exhaust manifold. I can show. I know you there's a radiator cap. But my point is, when you open this thing, all you see, I no, nothing looks like a car. Right. That's number one. Number two, you know, I don't know if everybody knows. You know what engine is now in my Ave Del Mar, don't you? You may I do you may. not. We have not okay, talked about so, this. So my engine seized. Um, in the Bahamas when Ave was blown out of her jack stands at the last, the last time I was on Ave there was still no engine and it was here that, for Isaias that, that is correct fuck you Isaias <laughs> oh. we can talk right. about that I got rid of the episode. hurricane magnet uh, two we shows from now we'll do hurricanes All right. so my engine when, when, uh, when my boat was blown out of her jack stands on Green Turtle Key in the Bahamas during Hurricane Dorian um 220 some odd mile an hour wind gusts during dorian 100 whatever 85 sustain it's just insanity so not only did my boat blow out of the jack stands but then the boat had a diesel universal m35b right and of Classic. course the exhaust the exhaust comes out through a wet muffler right so the muffler is full of seawater so when the wind's blowing 220 miles an hour in through the exhaust port at the back of the boat, what does it do to your sideways boat? It blows all that seawater back up the exhaust chain in through the open valves and into your cylinders. So all my cylinders filled up with salt water and the engine seized. And then the boat sat on her side for uh, seven, eight, nine months, whatever it was, before they finally dug their way out. I love Abaco Yacht Services. They were performing miracles, literal fucking miracles every day, picking up a hundred some odd semi-broken or completely broken boats from the ground without a crane, getting them on stands out of the way so they could go then get the next one out of the way until they right. worked their way back to the back so they could start standing them up. So that it took them less than a decade is a miracle. I don't want anyone to misinterpret that. They finally got stood back up and went down there to uh, repair my busted boat with my friend Ben and the engine was seized, 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 seized beyond hope. 
Rust is so I was like, fine, fuck it. So I'm an engineless sailor. So I sailed back engineless. I got to West Palm. For a long time. <laughs> I may have sailed in the inlet sideways. <laughs> it's also a story for another day. Don't ever do that, kids. It's this a terrible idea. This would be a great story. Um, then sailed, was sailing up to Annapolis. Made it as far as Southport. Pulled in. There was no wind. It's July. Uh-oh. Sorry. Time out. Too I don't much know what Mary. God's name Dano is doing. Dano's back. That's going to be my favorite part of this show. <laughs> we make it as far as uh, Southport, North Carolina, where the Cape Fear is. Tie the butt off there. It's where Dano, Dano is, too. Yep. And, uh, and so is mom. And I don't have time to tell the story. Got hit by another hurricane. Had to haul out. While I was hauled out, I was like, fuck it. Let's see if we can get an engine because I couldn't get an engine in the Bahamas. So I was looking for a new, a new universal. I was looking for a short block. I was looking for anything. Nothing. Literally nowhere on the internet, nowhere on Craigslist. Nothing in the entire country. There is no universal M35B anywhere for me to purchase. And then this little voice in the back of my brain says, didn't you read once that your M35B is actually a Kubota block? Mm -hmm. And so I Googled that and the internet said, why yes, in fact your M35B is a Kubota V13, whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, oh awesome. <clears throat> so then I Googled that, there's a gazillion. So borrowed a truck and drove down to Pensacola, Florida, which, sorry, Pensacola, might be the worst place on earth. <laughs> and with my then girlfriend, Kobe, and we're driving in this little borrowed truck to go, because I'm going to buy this Kubota V13, V1305 is what it was, from this guy who had rescued it from a golf course lawnmower. Yeah. And that's what he did. And I get there, and we're driving down these back roads, scary as fuck. And my girlfriend kept going, "We're gonna die. <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna die." Not in and Florida. Like, You'll be no. fine in Florida. Oh yeah. Oh, we're in the Panhandle. We'll be fine. It's fine. You're just South nothing, Alabama. That's nothing, no big deal. <laughs> nothing but love in the Panhandle. And uh, anyway, bought this fifteen hundred dollars. And I just took it back. So it had a radiator on it. It had a muffler. And I just took all my uh, all my uh, marine components off my old one. Put them on, on the Kubota, Kubota. Popped it in. Boom. Powered. So uh, my issue within furling, within mast furling is this. I think if you're going to sail, if, if you know how to react if it doesn't work right and you enjoy the luxury of it. If you want to buy a car with an automatic transmission, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think that you shouldn't be able to. I think if you have any aspirations to go anywhere beyond the ICW or gentle weekend coastal, coastal cruising, cruising, I think you should seriously question whether or not you've seriously handcuffed yourself by having in mast furling because because it is as you were just pointing out it's one more system and it is a gravity is not a system my boat falls back down to the boom because of gravity gravity is not ever going to fail us could a slide 
get stuck yeah and you know could i unfold a couple of mass steps and whack at it it. with a bad it's just it's not a system there's no real mechanics to it other than this little metal or plastic slug staying in a slot and and this is my my so my issue is just i don't think it's going to be long before we're going to see people having serious safety issues on the bay when the winds are a little frisky and somebody's trying to furl and <laughs> and it won't furl and they won't and they're they're out there full sail and and, and just it's a complexity I, I i haven't hit 60 yet so i don't think i get to do the kids these days finger wagging thing quite yet but I, I don't know if this is solution like i said i will sing the praises of my electronic fuel injection on my car um i love the fact that i've got an SSB and a VHF and AIS and lots of things on my boat and I get to navigate both with paper and with electronics. I love it. I don't think that progress is bad. I don't know that I think that in-mast furling is progress. I don't think it's that goddamn hard to go forward and flake your sail and tie it off with sail ties. Um, well, although I did, I did see one boat this is my parting thought, and then I'm going to hand it over to you, and then we'll wrap. I did see a boat in Charleston that had a furling main, but not in mast. It, it was external. Yeah. yeah. I've seen those. Those are pretty cool. So that's just basically like a jib, right? You're running a head sole, but it's exactly your main. So it's right. not shaped like a jib, right? But it changes the whole sail shape phenomenon it changes furling uh and i'm not here to espouse that one side or the other that argument is 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 better i i like my thing you know i got three reef points on my old sail i need a new main um gonna see if i can get a new main maybe next year litzenbergers work me in i'm working Um, i'm working that too (laughs) (laughs) i've got got a i've got a north sales for sale getting delivered Mm. next week nice which is I did, beautiful. I, I, my main's I did got a year the, or two left in it. Oh, my main, my main was old before I bought the boat, and I bought the boat a decade ago. So um, that's that's my issue. And no, I'm putting the no, gavel down. I'm done. Absolutely, all fair points. And like again, if the more complex the system, the more it's going to break. The more you're going to have to fix it. And if you can't fix it underway, you don't you don't want it. You really don't want it. And yeah. and uh, just from a sailmaker's standpoint. It, that sail cannot have battens in it. It's not going to maintain sail shape as well as right. a sail with battens in it. If you sure. have battens in, you're going to have sail shape. Mm-hmm. You're going to sail better, period. Mm-hmm. It's just Otherwise, you're basically sailing a Jenny on your main. Yep, correct. So, I mean, yeah. I know that because I am. <laughs> 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 all, all absolute valid points. So, oh yeah. Where are we at? What did we talk about today? In in mass furling, we talked about in mass furling. Degas, cars, Matisse, oh, one of my favorites. Matisse is amazing. You don't want to talk about cars with me because I'm a car guy. So, oh, well, we can we can have a car show. It's cool, but um, anything anything can be a metaphor <laughs> or a pun. Like my like my friend Elizabeth used to tell me, anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> a metaphor and a pun are very close together. <laughs> All right. Um, so next show, we're going to talk about anchoring. Yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about anchors. 
Let's, you it's know what? Whole Let's, show. Anchoring yeah. and anchors and anchorages. That'd be cool. We got fortresses. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, Rachna's. Mm-hmm. Stainless versus galvanized. We've got mm. how long your chain road should be. How long Ooh. your uh, your one to three, your one to four mm. ratios. All of that bullshit. Your Bahamian anchoring. There's all kinds of stuff to address there. So, okay. as uh, you, I think what Dano's trying to say is our next show is going to be about seven hours long. Right. So, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I drop an anchor. I make it stick, and I sleep. <laughs> <on my phone. laughs> But that's good. In a few years, I'll be taking what I expect to be a bigger boat than what I have now to the Bahamas. So I want mm-hmm. a little, uh, little guidance. So oh, we can do that. I, I'll give you opinions. I don't know about guidance. Awesome, great show. I love you. Next time, I'm having a Bloody Mary too. Fabulous. Talk to you soon. All right, Dano. Bye. <laughs>